0: I'm expecting Adrian Broner to win with a score of 116-112, 8 rounds to 4. Don't laugh, you were all thinking the same thing too. You're just gonna jump on the bandwagon and say that you believed in Maidana this whole time. I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free Podcast. That was me last week, and yeah, I was way off. I thought this was going to be another Adrian Broner fight. He comes in, and, you know, he beats up a guy and leaves asking for his hair to be brushed, but uh, he had to brush himself off the canvas twice because Marcos Maidana came out and beat the ever-loving crap out of him. I know that the uh, second episode of their Showtime special aired uh, the night before. I'm not going to go over it like I did uh, last week's because I don't really have the time to put into caring about something like that. And it, I, I felt that I didn't cover anything important. But uh, I am going to play uh, two uh, clips that stood out to me. Uh, the first one is Adrian Broner giving his prediction as to what's going to happen after the fight. We ain't worried about Madonna, punk ass. He gonna come to fight. that's cool. i f- you up, though. Yeah, and at the end of the fight, you will say, good fight, you a bad motherfucker. You're going to speak some English. You might not say them exact words, but I guarantee you speak some English. And I'm done. That's what he going to say. He ain't going to say no moss. No, he's going to say, f*** that, I'm done. That, my, f- good. Oh, the blissful ignorance of youth what can I say this next clip is actually from Robert Garcia who is the trainer of Marcos Maidana and the thing that I uh, liked about it was that afterwards after the fight itself on social media you you saw a lot of people were pretty much saying the same things uh, that he's saying right here with Broner he doesn't throw many punches He's very accurate with his punches, but doesn't throw many. He basically takes the first round, two rounds off, just to see what his opponents got, what what his, what, what kind of game plan his opponent has. That's probably going to give us an advantage in the first few rounds. If we try to do what Polly was doing, plus the power, the heart, the desire that Maidana has, I think we have a better chance than Polly did. And Polly's fight was very close. Anyway, let's uh, quickly go over the fight. Now, I was a bit puzzled. I. I I couldn't hear any of the rap that was being played while Broner uh, made his walk to the ring, and I don't know who was doing the rapping either. So, if there is a reason why two members of Broner's entourage were, like, dressed as Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton, somebody tell me. Somebody explain that to me because I I see you know I I see a guy wearing a mask and I'm like is that a Bill Clinton mask and then you know I I just see the nose on the other guy it's like okay well that's a Richard Nixon mask obviously so what the hell is this about I mean okay maybe Broner's voting for Ron Paul in 2016 I have no clue. <laughs> I, uh, no, somebody please explain to me what the hell was that all about? Seriously, I'm trying to figure it out, drawn a blank. Uh, donna, Anyway, yeah, we're gonna we're actually gonna talk about the actual fight now. Maidana got off to a fast, aggressive start. Uh, going back to what Robert Garcia said about Broner taking the first two rounds to figure them out, and in round two, uh, Broner quickly found out what was in front of him because he was dropped with a with a left hand. It, it was it was a hook, but the way he, it, it, the way he threw it was very awkward. And it wasn't until I watched uh, Showtime's uh, post fight analysis uh, on YouTube, but Poly Malignaggi kinda summed it up perfectly because the the left hook that dropped Broner, it, it was just so awkward and I kept replaying it and Pauly, you know, like I said, I, you know, he's a good fighter, but I think he makes an even better commentator because he summed it up perfectly. almost looked like a jab to the body yeah. at first. Now we know why yeah. was so many to the body. Yeah. Oh. And uh just when it looked like Broner might be able to come back and take control of the fight, Maidana himself comes back, and he, he was starting to look a bit tired. He comes back and knocks Broner down again. Adrian Broner, oddly enough, was complaining a lot to the referee. He he kept looking at Lawrence Cole, he kept talking to him, you know, complaining about something, and Cole, to his credit, what little there is, you know, he... He just said, no, like, stop talking to me and keep fighting. And, oh, yeah, no, uh, so after the knockdown in round eight, and, uh, Broner claimed that that was a shove, but no, it was not. If you watch the replay, it wasn't a shove, it was a punch. Broner tries to tie him up, and Maidana's head is underneath Broner's chin, and Maidana brings his head up, and basically gives an intentional headbutt to Broner, and look, I'm not gonna say, oh, you know, there's no way that hurt, but the way Broner reacted, there's no way it hurt that much. I mean, (laughs) he was really hamming it up. I mean, (laughs) William Shatner could have been watching that scene, and he probably would have said, this is the worst actor I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I mean, I can imagine that it hurt when Floyd Mayweather got headbutted by Victor Ortiz, but he he didn't, he wasn't, you know, oh, rolling around on the ground, he just looked mighty pissed off. He wasn't acting like he had just taken a sledgehammer to the balls like Broner did. It, I, I got to say I think Broner's corner after the second round when he got knocked down they took their sweet ass time getting out of the ring. Y- you can hear Lawrence Cole shouting, "Come on coaches, get out of the ring." And they're still sitting there like mhm mhm you know you know just, "Oh, you know, is it is it time to get out of the ring already?" Oh, oh no, okay, off we go. They knew their man was in trouble, and Broner knew that he was in trouble, but Cole wasn't having any of it. (laughs) But, you know what? Here's a question I do want to know. Who keeps letting Lawrence Cole get work as a referee? I thought he absolutely did suck last night. You know, he kept giving Broner warnings about pushing, holding behind the head, but he never took a point away. It's like, it's like he was, you know, and, and he made a, a a special point in the last round, round 12, to like kind of take Broner aside and say, hey, come on, you know, like, I'm going to give you one more warning. You've been giving him nine one more warnings the whole night, so shut up. Good God, you wouldn't get... You wouldn't get these big jobs if your dad wasn't the head of the Athletic Commission, Lawrence. I I hope you know that. I mean, yeah, nepotism is great, but you better be somewhat competent at your job. Good God Almighty. I mean, sometimes he would just step in between them to, to break them up. It's like, no, no, maybe you should, like, shout, break, and then, you know, then break them. I mean, if you want a good referee, just get... Well, just get anybody who's not Lawrence Cole... Or just get Kenny Bayliss or Steve Smoger. Ugh. Okay, but this is something else I want to talk about. The biggest reaction in the fight that uh, did not come from the result of a knockdown was in round 11. But before you get to that, you have to go back to round 1. You know, Broner, I I can't remember how it happened, but somehow he got behind uh, Maidana and, uh, just did some gyrations on the back of Maidana, shall we say. So, in round 11, Maidana's getting, or Maidana is beating the crap out of Adrian Broner, and, you know, they're getting tangled, and all of a sudden, it's Maidana who's doing the gyrations on, uh, on Broner, and Broner, he he could tell that was going on, he tried to... (laughs) you know, whack Maidana while it was going on, but he missed, and, <laughs> wow, <laughs> it, it was just awesome to see, it, it was kind of like, nobody really likes Adrian Broner that much, so many people, they say, well, I don't hate him, I just really dislike him and want to see him get his butt kicked, well, there you go, Marcos Maidana gave you a Christmas present last night, uh, yeah. You know, and it, it's funny, before the 11th round, Broner, he was looking discouraged, and, you know, he was not listening to his corner. Um, Watch Broner in the corner. Like, he's just kind of looking away, but all of a sudden when his coach says, you're not listening to me, Broner snaps up. It, 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 it He says, you know, you're not listening to me, and... You know, just snaps straight up. It's like, okay, you know, what am I? What do I need to do? But I actually have the audio of uh, what happened after Broner was knocked down in the second round. Let's play that very quickly. Relax, man. What are you on? Um, We okay? Out. Again, you can chalk that up to you know the blissful ignorance of youth. But Broner's corner was telling him, "You need a knockout. You're not throwing enough punches." And As we know, the 12th round came and went, and, well, you know, everybody was worried that, oh, you know, there's going to be a robbery, this is Texas after all, but let's throw it up to Jimmy Lennon Jr., Judge ringside Stanley Christodoulou scores the bout 115 to 110. Nelson Vasquez sees it 116 to 109. And Levi Martinez scores the bout 117 to 109. All three in favor of the winner. It was a great victory for Maidana. Clearly, this is going to be the victory of a lifetime, the victory that will probably define his career. And what's great about it is that nobody really expected that. I saw so many people saying that they were. Act- I saw a few people saying that they were looking forward to watching Maidana get his butt kicked by Broner, but it didn't happen. And Maidana's won over a whole bunch of new fans with this performance. I mean, there are people who probably didn't know too much about him before, but they knew more about Adrian Broner. Maidana's made new fans because of that. But uh, Broner didn't do himself any favors by leaving the ring immediately afterwards when the decision was announced. I mean, he, he was apparently... Him and his entourage were pelted with drinks and plastic bottles... I mean, you gotta love these fighters who gloat about how they're not afraid of anybody and that they'll go up against anybody anytime. but as soon as somebody, you know, just casually comes up to them with a microphone and says, hey, you lost the fight, what happened? All of a sudden, their balls vanish, and they have to leave the ring just as quickly. So, let's look to the future. Where does Marcos Maidana go from here? Well, there's uh, talk of a possible matchup between him and Keith Thurman, who won by knockout on the undercard against uh, Jesus Soto-Carras, but I think that Maidana has put himself in high contention for a fight with Floyd Mayweather Jr. Let's face it, there hasn't been a lot of uh, front runners for possible opponents for Floyd Mayweather Jr. There's been talk of Amir Khan, but... If you're going to believe that you're just believing a mere con, that's a play on words. uh Danny Garcia, maybe, but I'm you know the more I think about it, the more I think it's a long shot. Who else is there? Maidana's really earned this to be honest, and that's more than what a mere Khan can say, and before anybody. I don't want to hear Manny Pacquiao's name being thrown out there. I don't care that the WBC made him the number one contender. Oh, you think that's going to make a difference? Seriously, if you think that's going to make a difference, I have got a bridge to sell you. It's an awesome bridge. Just, you know, send me the money and it's all yours. Also, if you remember, Adrian Broner refers to Floyd Mayweather as his big brother. And... When somebody's little brother gets beaten up, it's usually the big brother who steps up and finishes the fight. So don't be too surprised if by the end of the year you hear the announcement from Floyd Mayweather that he will be fighting Marcos Maidana uh, in May of 2014. That's the way I see it. What's next for Adrian Broner? Um... I'm going to guess humility, I don't know, maybe his daddy's going to brush away his tears instead of brushing his hair, I don't know, look, don't act like you didn't like seeing Broner lose, you liked it, I've seen all the memes that people are putting out there, they're funny, and don't act like you're not laughing at them, because they are funny. I mean, who knows, like I said last week, maybe Broner will have that fight with Robert the Ghost Guerrero, maybe he'll fight Keith Thurman, who knows. It's not exactly as if uh, his career is done. This is the first loss, and uh, I think, what, 27 victories? And he's 24 years old. This is not the end of his career, not by a long shot. And don't look for him to be any more quiet when he comes out either. I was kind of being facetious when I mentioned humility. Anyway, let's move on to some more news that's making headlines this past week. Bad news for Manny Pacquiao. In addition to uh, $50 million in taxes that he owes the Philippine government, He also owes $18 million, apparently, to the American IRS, stemming all the way back from 2006 to 2010. Yeah, TMZ Sports uh, obtained official documents that showed the IRS claims many owes to the government, millions in federal income taxes from 2006 to uh, 2010, totaling approximately $18,313,668,079 cents. Now, when this story broke, I was kind of like, "Wow!" Because I had seen stories saying that were, uh, Bob Arum had said that Pacquiao's taxes were all in order and that you know everything was fine. It was just a just a mistake. So, I decided to do something that I had never done before. I uh, I decided that I would email Top Rank, see if I would get an answer. I did not. And, you know, since it was snowing outside and I was bored as all hell, I decided, okay, I'm going to call Top Rank. I called them, spoke to a PR agent, and, now, I keep in mind, I'm not going to play the... Well, first of all, there was no audio recording, because that's against the law. Uh, second of all, I'm just going to tell you what happened verbatim. I called him, identified myself, who I... Uh, uh, write for, because you know this isn't really work because work implies you get paid. Um, but anyway, <coughs> I told him, you know, do you have do you uh, have any comment on this story by TMZ Sports about Manny Pacquiao owing 18 million dollars to the IRS? The PR guy apparently had no idea about it. He said, "Oh, well, I have not heard about this. Could you please?" Email me a uh, link to the story, and you know what you want to have answered. So uh, we quickly uh, just sent him the link, put together an email asking, uh, "Does Top Rank or Bob Aram have any comment on Manny Pacquiao apparently owing 18 million dollars to the American IRS?" We sent that to Top Rank. We sent that out. I believe that it was Monday night. As of Sunday, 6:05 p.m. We have yet to receive an answer. Now, I'll be honest, when he, when the PR guy said to me, well, this is the first I'm hearing of it, I had a bit of trouble believing that. This is the information age. If this were maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, I could understand if he hadn't heard about this yet, but it's 2013, you should... Well, I don't want to say you should, but it, it would be very shocking to me if news that's seven hours old is somehow new to you, especially for somebody who you're representing. So either the the, the man was genuine and he didn't know, and I'm not going to say he's a liar, or it was just top rank, you know, taking its time, waiting to get all their facts together to put together an answer. I probably just should have asked, you know, can I put you down unavailable for comments, and there you go. I would have had that, but I didn't, but I will know better for next time. Now, Pacquiao is denying these allegations. He is insisting that uh, Bob Arum deducts 30% of uh, his purse in every fight and pays the IRS, which Arum himself confirmed that. Um, Pacquiao says that This appears to be a concerted effort to destroy his image following an earlier report that he was a green card holder, which he said was totally false. Apparently, uh, this is according to Boxing Scene, but it's the work of a disgruntled individual who tried to wiggle his way into Team Pacquiao and was rejected, and this is efforts to besmirch the name not only of Bob Arum and Pacquiao's advisor, Michael Conks, but Manny Pacquiao himself. According to Conks, this allegation about taxes is nothing new. We have been under audit for three years. So the scenario in America is totally different from the scenario here with the BIR. Which, uh... Okay, uh, the uh, situation with the BIR is uh, expected to be resolved amicably. Well, that's what they all say. So, um, we'll see where this develops. I doubt we'll hear back from Top Rank, but if if we do we will let you know the year 2013 is getting worse for Brandon Rios as he tested positive for a banned substance according to the Voluntary Anti-Doping Agency or VADA Uh, yeah this uh, was a bit of a shock but the VADA released a statement Uh, released a statement through Dr. Margaret Goodman, quote, Mr. Rios did not successfully complete the VADA program. VADA follows its written uh, results management policy and reports all results in writing to the athlete, promoter, ABC, and the relevant commissions who can confirm individual results. VADA also publicly reports when an athlete has successfully completed the program. Uh, Rios went four for five in terms of testing. Manny Pacquiao went five for five. Now, uh, the drug, I had it here a second ago, but apparently, it is, according to Bob Arum, it was not a steroid, it was probably something that he took to make weight, but I th- I'm not a pharmacist, so I have no idea what this could have been, but uh, this is another statement from Dr. Goodman. The test results speak for them themselves. The nature of methylhexanamine is fully explained on several responsible websites. Vada uses highly recognized collection company for Rios Pacquiao that is regularly named by many nations in the Olympic movement. Vada's role is to oversee drug testing and report the results to the appropriate parties. It is not our role to discuss the results and their implications in the media. So make of that what you will. A lot of people are blaming this on uh, Rios bringing in Alex Ariza who used to work with Manny Pacquiao as a strength and conditioning coach and I hate to say this, but it kind of raises a question mark. Like, wait a minute. Alex Ariza was in Marcos Maidana's corner for the Broner fight. And, yes, I do know the controversy about the pill that may or may not have uh, gone into Maidana's mouth. I don't know what that was. The question is, why would he put it in then? I mean, yeah, Maidana was apparently, I don't know when he put in. All I saw was just a three, like a six-second clip of uh, something going onto a cloth. The cloth went over Maidana's nose and mouth, and it looks like it's gone. But you've got uh, people from the Texas State Athletic Commission watching this, but then again, this is Texas, I mean, let's not act like this is where we go for honest, clean fights. It does raise a bit of suspicion, so we're going to be watching with bated breath to see what happens with Maidana's uh, drug test results, and hopefully for him, and for the sake of boxing, he comes back clean. And I would love to, I would love for somebody to ask Alex Ariza, hey, can you please explain this? And Let's get to the bottom of what it was. Was it, you know, some sort of smelling salt that dissolved onto the cloth and looked like a pill or something? I don't know. I'm not making excuses. For all I know, it could be a freaking Mentos mint, but you just have to ask yourself some questions. Well, you know, how would a pill like that kick in so quickly? Why wasn't Ariza using it almost every round if he could get away with it so quickly? Why was he not using it sooner? There are a lot of questions that you have to think about. Just, you know, do what Sherlock Holmes said. Eliminate the impossible, and whatever remains will be the truth. Hopefully. And, unfortunately, in this next story, we've... Well... There is no we, it's just a collective we, but we've eliminated the impossible and unfortunately what has remained is so improbable, but unfortunately it is the truth. Set your clocks back to 2007 and who was the emerging superstar in the world of boxing? It was a young kid from Youngstown, Ohio named Kelly Pavlik, just won the championship of the world by knocking out Jermaine Taylor. A superstar had been born. And within a year, he had lost his fight to Bernard Hopkins, and things slowly went downhill from there. There were rumors that he was going in and out of rehab. There were rumors that he was driving drunk in Youngstown, but nothing had ever been confirmed. But at the same time, That luster about Kelly Pavlik, it wasn't really the same after he lost to Hopkins. And after he retired earlier this year, things have not gone easier for the Ghost. Former middleweight champion Kelly Pavlik has been accused of driving under the influence of alcohol according to the Youngstown Vindicator. Um, a trooper spotted Pavlik's car at the, uh, gate, at a, uh, at a gate, try, uh, on the, uh, Ohio Turnpike. And according to the trooper, um, he spotted Pavlik trying to, uh, exit the Turnpike. Pavlik didn't have a, uh, pass or ticket on him to exit the toll road. And according to the officer, Pavlik showed signs of being impaired, and he also refused a, uh, breath test. But, quote, was still cited because the trooper had probable cause to believe Pavlik was drunk. And, uh, that was at, uh, half past midnight. What, uh, one and a half hours later, at slightly after two in the morning, Pavlik posted this message on his Facebook page. You know, he dropped an F-bomb, I can't say that on here, but, I got got again, lol. I got got again. I mean, you know somebody's, they're either drunk or in desperate need of a high school education if they're typing that at frickin' two in the morning. So later at, uh, later in the day, five in the afternoon, which, you know, that may be like early enough to drink for some people, Kelly Pavlik wrote this, quote, So we in a society can say you can't drink and drive, but you can sell a 24-pack and have beers, places, gas stations, and everywhere else that sell beer, yet if you get pulled over for two beers in your system, you get effed. That's my own editorial there. Should we not do the same for a 400-pound woman or man that eats cheeseburgers and french fries and orders a Diet Coke and drive knowing he has high blood pressure and cholesterol? Let that sink in for a minute. He's not denying, yeah, I was driving drunk. He's not saying, I did have a beer, but I believe the officer was, you know, confused about my state of inebriation. I was not intoxicated. He's pretty much saying, yeah, I was drunk, but fat people are driving and they don't get in trouble. Kelly Pavlik, you know, I I would use the whole good boxer, dumb human being, but unfortunately he's not a boxer anymore, so I can't do it. But he's saying that, you know, he should get a free pass because a fat guy is driving from McDonald's with freaking two Big Macs that are super-sized. That's bull. That is so stupid. You do not... (sighs) I'm kind of flabbergasted at public stupidity, to be honest. It's offensive to my brain, and I'm not a highly intelligent person. But I'm smart enough to know that when I turn on the news and hear about a fatal collision involving, you know, two or three automobiles, that you don't hear. Well, according to the police, one of the drivers of the vehicle did test positive for Oreos. No. You don't see that. You don't see somebody on the news say, you know, you know, slightly, uh, before this accident took place, you know, uh, the person apparently responsible for the crash posted four pictures of cheesecake on their Instagram and said, guilty pleasure. I mean, who, this is bull**** from Kelly Pavlik. If a person... Be they 200 pounds, 300 pounds, or 400 pounds, wants to drive, not intoxicated, like, there's nothing in their system. The only thing that they're concerned about drinking is a freaking milkshake. If, (coughs) If that's all there is to it, let them. Like I said, you don't hear about, Oh, I had, you know, four milkshakes, man. I'm so frickin' hammered. Oh, I can't walk straight. Kelly Pavlik is a frickin' moron. And I really hope he goes to jail for something like this. I mean, he was arrested for driving under the influence in 2011. He crashed uh, an ATV into a lamppost and a telephone pole. Look at the picture, the mugshot. He looks like he should be on Breaking Bad. He is that downward. I remember, because afterwards, Dan Rayfield reported on that, and I sent Dan a message saying, all Kelly Pavlik wants for Christmas is for it to be 2007 again. The guy's an idiot, needs his ass beat much harder than anything Sergio or Bernard Hopkins could do. And let's hope it happens soon before Kelly Pavlik kills somebody and then blames it on some fat guy. Sorry for that, um... That emotional outburst for me, but... There's only so much stupidity that I can take from human beings. And I'm a person who works in retail... So you can imagine the stupidity I deal with on a daily basis and when I hear something this absurdly stupid, it just makes my blood boil. So I'm sorry that if you were expecting a sound clip here or there, but I just can't. Not with something like that and not with someone so stupid as Kelly the Ghost Pavlik, who has become a ghost of whatever former greatness he may have held for a few months in 2007. Uh, anyway, we hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us at www.boxingforfree.com, twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Arislandelara, Lara, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, Adonis Stevenson, and hundreds of others. Follow us on Twitter. You won't regret it. Go to youtube.com/boxingforfree and facebook.com/boxingforfree page. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Zune, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, please give us feedback and a rating to let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.